This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Videodrome, a shocking new vision. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess, episode 10. I'm Chris. And I'm Brett. And this time around, we're doing a little something called Videodrome. It is weird as shit. Yeah, it's mindfuckery. Yeah. To a pretty high degree <laughs> of mindfuckery. It's a fun one. So we start out with uh, television man's James Wood. James Woods. Is... You may be more familiar with his work from the family guy when they didn't put a hole in the box and he found a, a piece of candy. Or or not. You might you might not. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know what is his entire filmography. I'd say is. most of the people that are into the counterculture enough to get into B horror movies probably watch The Family Man. I'd say we got a good shot. Eh, maybe a Three little. Three quarters of our audience. Audience. So we start off with James Woods, and he's looking for some new programming ideas for his television network. Channel 83. Yep, yep. I believe. They specialize in softcore pornography and violence. Everything from softcore pornography to hardcore violence we'll learn later on. And, you know, he's, he's taken up some Japanese businessmans on their samurai softcore pornography show. With the, with the wooden phallus. There's he, a wooden phallus. And he says to himself, you know, guys, I just want something more. This isn't cutting it. This isn't contemporary enough, he says. He gets, uh... We were drinking martinis. Yes. Yes. It's a big cup of wine and, well, shitty wine and some liquor. It's gross. Yeah. Vermouth nasty. So he decides to go check out his buddy, whose name escapes me, like they always do. The Patron Feller? Patron Man. We'll call him the Patron Man. I may periodically say Feller, and because his... I'm from the Holler. And Patron Man, his main <laughs> job... Fucking irritating Patron Man. ...is to pirate other people's satellite broadcasts. This is 1983, so this is some way the fuck out there shit. Pirate wasn't even a much of a term in 83. There were no piracy anything. And he turns, he turns James Woods on to a little something called Videodrome, which is a snuff, a snuff series, I guess, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term. There's an electrified clay wall, you know, like you have. And there's, you know, then then the guy gets killed. Yep, they get killed. Man. Uh, was it a, a fella or a dame? I believe it was a dame. Yeah. Well, what did you say a guy then, dummy? Because I'm sexist. Oh, all right. And, and Mr. James Woods decides, hey, this snuff, this snuff thing, this seems like the kind of thing I want on my television network. <laughs> this is cutting, this is contemporary enough. I don't fucking get it. Why does he always say it's contemporary? Uh, I don't but, know. But, uh, he does a lot. Mentions it a lot. We can't really tell you for the podcast and run long, blah, 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 but he does. Hardcore snuff is contemporary. I thought that was a furniture term. It, it also applies to snuff films. Hmm. A lot of stuff about furniture and snuff films interlap, interlace. You learn a lot from uh, 1983 mindfuck movies with James Woods. So James Woods demands Mr. Patron figures out what the deal with this is and how he can get in touch with the producers of this soon-to-be television sensation. He wants it. It's going to be hot. And then he uh, goes on to have a nice little public appearance on a television program with some redhead girl and Dr. Oblivion. Redhead girl was uh, it was Sean Penn, but I don't know who or what's her name. I don't. 
I think Sean Penn. Sean Penn's a girl. There's two Sean Penns. Maybe I'm wrong. Any okay, sure. So so Charlie Sheen or whatever, the redhead girl. <laughs> we'll call her Charlie Sheen. Sean Penn was wrong. And they have a nice a nice little debate over the the merits of Mr. James Wood's idea of quality television programming. Which includes everything from softcore pornography to hardcore violence. So it's everything from like cleavage to mass graves? Yeah, totally. Alright, whatever you... I'm not here to judge. Hey, it's too late. Oh. You did. Well, I, I didn't, though. <sighs> See what I do with folks? This is fucking crazy. So after their, their little television appearance, Mr. James Woods and Sean Penn... <laughs> hit it off. It sounds right. Decide to have a nice romantic evening where uh, we find out that Sean Penn... Likes to watch people get killed and raped and... Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, and then they have some kind of weird ear pierce sex. Yeah, there's... And... Ear pierce sex, guys. Ear pierce sex. If you haven't watched any of the movies... We just said ear pierce sex. I did a few times. But yeah, you should, uh... Ear pierce sex. Yeah, so that they have a weird ear pierce sex thing happen. Yep. And then Mr. Woods goes back to work the next day and meets Wait, up didn't, with, it... uh... What, what? Is it where they go to Japan? Uh, possibly. I don't recall. Alright. Meh. Meh. So James Woods heads into work the next day to meet up with his friend, the gypsy female pornographer, who had some kind of weird gypsy female pornography for him. Yeah, yeah, the weird Greek. Something about Dionysus or something. Yeah, Ophelia. It, it, It was not arousing. No, it didn't cut it for James Woods. It wasn't contemporary enough. He says, but hey, if you can do me a favor and get me in touch with these Videodrome cats, I feel like that's the wave of the future. Look into it. She says, eh, for you, I'll do it. Because I'm old and have nothing better to do than make dumb And he was pretty blatantly hitting on her the whole time, too, which was gross. It was super gross. Gross. Grody, some may say, about 25 years ago. So, he meets back up. After work with his uh, friend Sean Penn, <laughs> they have more weird, uncomfortable, borderline violent sex. Yeah, borderline. And this one where she was burning her tits. How's that borderline I'm violent sex? Getting there. Jesus. And he, Sorry. He lets Sean Penn in on <laughs> the video drum. Apparently, is filming out of Pittsburgh. True. Where all snuff films take place. Most of them. You know why? Because the Steelers suck. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, that's why. What? And Sean Penn, due to Sean Penn's complete instability <laughs> as a person, decides that I want to go get on this Videodrome show. This seems like a good good thing. Dying on camera. That'll further my career. Well, that's for me. That's what I want. That will further my career into the grave. Jay's Woods is like, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm all about that. I mean, it's it's fun to watch and whatnot, but I mean, I don't know if I'll get killed for you. That's a pretty pretty heavy commitment. And he warns Sean Penn that this is serious business. And to prove her commitment, she burns her booby with a cigarette. Yeah, it's about time you got to it. I was getting there. Sorry, I got a little excited, guys. And so she says she's off for a couple weeks on assignment. She burns it and then has him burn the other. It's It's weird. Yeah. So then, whoa, then (laughs) we cut to Dr. Oblivion's daughter, who's running a weirdo mission, 
Did we even introduce Dr. Oblivion earlier? Yes. Shit. Dr. Oblivion. Oh, yeah. O space, comma, space, Oblivion. Because James Woods has received word from his gypsy pornographer friend <laughs> that Mr. Oblivion well, has... Well, I mean, don't a... we all have one? Yes. I have six. Uh, that's weird. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, fine. Maybe I'm into some shit. Who knows? So his gypsy pornographer friend lets him know. <laughs> one Mr. of them. Mr. One Whoa. of his gypsy pornographer friends. Uh, Mr. Oblivion happens to be uh, pretty into the whole Videodrome scene. He likes it. So he goes and hunts down his daughter who's running the cathode ray mission. She was hot. Which is like a soup kitchen with TVs. I don't know. It's, it's weird. And big makeshift walls with shit spray painted on them. And she gives him a tape or sends him a tape from her father. And that's... From this point on, pretty much the whole thing is just fucking a mess of <laughs> madness. All of it. It's so good, probably. So he gets he gets a hold of this tape and decides to give it the old... College try? Watchy watch. Watchy watch? Well, I didn't know we were using big terms. Yeah. yeah. My bad. And Mr. Oblivion tells him that the Videodrome is the, the battleground of the future. That what, makes perfect sense. Where... Where in the reality will be decided from here on out. Because it's more real than real life. And reality will be some other thing. And then the TV goes all weird and bubbly and Sean Penn shows up in it. and Well, that's weird as shit. And he's understandably freaked out. But lured because he walks towards it and gets him one of those, uh, what do you call it, electric television kisses. What are those electric uh, television kisses? It's uh, it's all pretty weird. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's rough to describe this movie. Uh, we were discussing the difficulty of this movie to put it into a podcast form. It's just fucking crazy. I mean, Chris is right. That's the we got you up to the where it stops being even reasonably reasonable. The whole movie's fucked up, but it's just it's so hard to follow. I mean, it gets the point across, but there's just so much stuff damn movies based on hallucinations and he he learns that the reason that the whole thing is being so it's so difficult is his life has now been transformed into a series of hallucinations and it's fun mixed with reality caused by the viewing of the video drone program so he's like what that don't make no sense <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that and this understandably freaks him out so he gets his gun gets it all ready Gets a hold of another tape, gives it a watch. I like the tapes because they move. They pulsate. In a fashion. Weird. They are weird. And while he's watching this next tape with his gun at the ready. <laughs> That's his, what you do when you watch your moving tapes. His stomach vagina opens up. <laughs> and he puts the gun in his stomach vagina. I like, the, I like the scene where he's fucking itching what looks like a C-section scar with his gun. He's like, man, this, <laughs> this six inch long pink scar that wasn't here. Five minutes ago, sure does itch like hell. Oh, well. And after, after you know, he puts his gun in his, his stomach, stomach vagina. vagina. <laughs> he comes to the next day, thinks to himself, he thinks, this is all slightly peculiar. Stomach vagina. I'm heading back to the mission to see if Mrs. Oblivion maybe can give me some insight here. As to all the stomach vagina business. And then he learns that Dr. Oblivion has been dead for almost a year. He died peacefully on the operating table 11 months ago. And all his, his, uh, 
goings-on in public were a series of videos that he had made previously to his death. And Dr. Oblivion's daughter warns him that once you see the video, Jerome, it causes you to have some kind of brain tumor, which leads to hallucinations, which leads to generalized madness. None of it's any good. And, you know, all in all, he, he actually accepts it rather rather well, I guess, for a guy who's just been told that... He takes everything in that movie pretty well. He doesn't really scream or panic over anything. He's like, oops, stomach, vagina, I guess so. What are you gonna do? So then he heads on, heads on home. He's had a rough day. You leave him alone. He's had a rough day. When he's contacted by the head of the Spectacular Optical Corporation, manufacturer of glasses for the third world and missile uh, control systems. Fornado. Fornado. Who we, are didn't the... make any... we didn't make those two up. I mean, it may sound like some bullshit, but not this time, guys. Watch it. And uh, that's when they pretty much uh, say, hey, we're the guys in charge of this video germ thing. Seeing as how you seem to know what's going on, we'd like you to kind of come on in. Let us let us help you out a little bit, because it's going to make you all crazy and such. Yeah, we got you. Trust us. So he goes to meet the guy from Spectacular Optical. That's a great name. They send a car for him, which I wouldn't trust immediately. They go to their local eyeglass branch, <laughs> and they say, hey, put on this wacky headset thing so we can record your hallucination. Oh, yeah, the old uh, lit up beehive, black plastic over the face, helmet mask. So they they shove the thing on his head and <laughs> record his hallucination, which is madness. Yeah, yeah. Something about uh, hitting uh, Sean Penn with a cat of nine tails, but then she turns out it's uh, some kind of meat TV and you got a clay wall. Yeah, and as he's whipping her, Sean Penn turns into the gypsy lady. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that was some out of the blue type of shit. And when he comes to, he's back in his bed with the dead gypsy lady next to him. Where else would he be with who else? Dummy. So, I'm just kidding. So he freaks out and calls Mr. Patron. He says, come take pictures of what's in my bed. Because that's what you do when you kill an old gypsy lady in your bed. You want immediate evidence. Ask me how I know. How do you know? I don't want to talk about it. I've had to do it a lot. So, I don't want to talk about it. So Mr. Patron comes to his aid, goes in there, <laughs> but there ain't no dead gypsy lady in his bed. James Woods be crazy. Cry cry. He'd be cray cray. Mr. Patron demands to know what this is all about. <laughs> and James Wood is like, hey buddy, just meet me at the studio in an hour. We'll talk about champagne and meat vaginas and... Whether or not I've got a handgun in my stomach vagina. Who knows? Stomach vagina, I'm sorry, I said meat vagina. That may come off as offensive, and I would like to sincerely apologize. I will not... I Stomach vagina. I'm clear now. This episode is ruined. No, I wouldn't say ruined. Right. We might have fucked it up a little bit earlier, but... Now we're fine. Stomach vaginas. I mean, what are you going to do? So they meet up at Channel 83 to check the latest Videodrome footage. And then it's revealed to us that Mr. Patron works for the Spectacular Optical Corporation. What a twist. And it was all a ruse to get James Woods under their thumbs so they could take over to Channel 83. Because it's never really been broadcast. They would want to broadcast it from Channel 83 first. A double twist. So the man from Spectacular Optical shoves a... Hold a, on, shut up for a second. Whoa. Give him a better name than that. Uh. I was calling him Billy Bob Thornton's uncle. Timmy Bob Thornton. Timmy Bob Thornton. <laughs> so Timmy Bob uh, Thornton. <laughs> thank you. God, Chris. Respect, bro. 
does what anybody would do in that situation when trying to gain the favor of a man and shoves a beta tape full of instructions into his stomach <laughs> vagina. If I had a nickel. And that's when we realize that the, the tape contains the demand that he kills his partners at Channel 83 and gives control to Timmy Bob Thornton. Timmy Bob Thornton. So he does, you know, what you do. And he, um, he ices those fools. <laughs> thanks to his stomach vagina gun. Yeah, it told him to. Yeah. Shoots the two guys, makes a harrowing escape. Did the, the, uh, the thing with the screws. Yeah. We get there yet? Uh, that, that probably already happened, yeah. Okay. The thing with the screws is pretty hardcore. He's got the, uh, the gun in his hand. It's all clearly prosthetic and whatnot, because it was 1983. What do you want? But, uh, about, I'd say six or so of these big cable things come out and screw into his hand, and you can see it down to, like, his wrist meat and shit. It's pretty fun. It's just for fun. It's, it's just for fun continue so after he kills his partners and makes his harrowing escape from channel 83 he receives his next subliminal stomach vagina tape (laughs) command which is to go kill dr oblivion's daughter because she knows too much b i'm not even going to say it anymore but if i had a nickel this movie's just been bad this is the story of my life and i'm ashamed that everybody knows it yeah yeah there's that so he goes to the mission (laughs) To put a stop to her. And she... Uh, a thing happens and... She made a movie go on and she hid from him and then he lost his shit. And then she, he got shot, but he wasn't shot. Yeah. Long live the new flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Timing! And somehow or another, that confusing series <laughs> of events makes him no longer a slave to Videodrome. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. Indeed. So, he decides with Mrs. Mrs. Oblivion that the best course of action is to ice these jerks what have started Videodrome in the first place. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. So, he tails uh, Mr. Patron back to the eyeglass hut that they're working out of. Come on, guys. And sneaks his way into the back. (laughs) Sneaks. He barges fucking in. Tells Mr. Patron that he's done iced everybody like he was supposed to. And when Mr. Patron goes to insert his next stomach vagina tape mission... Which is made out of meat. That's why I said meat vagina earlier, because I was thinking about the tape. He grabs his hand with his stomach vagina, and turns it into a <laughs> grenade, and blows him up. A 1942 grenade. Yeah, a World War II potato masher grenade. <laughs> and blows him up and casually walks out of the building. No big deal. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing's going on. Uh, is that when the little girl runs to it? Yeah, yeah, the little girl's like, Hey, Mom, there's an explosion, a like explosion. a block away from this little five-year-old girl. I'm going to go into it because she sees the fire and the rocks and the screaming. And after that perfectly executed mission, <laughs> he decides to hunt down Timmy... Uh, O'Toole? Oh, gross. No, not Timmy O'Toole. Timmy Bob Thornton. Timmy Bob Thornton, who is giving his (laughs) spring fashion kickoff for his... Oh, the trade show. His eyewear line at the trade show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trade show is great with the the cigarette girls handing out glasses and... Yeah, and uh, there's like a Shakespearean uh, (laughs) drama involving... Colors. uh, Colors and some sculpture and eyeglasses. It, does, it doesn't make any more sense than the rest of the fucking movie. 
And so James Woods infiltrates <laughs> that because he's a smooth motherfucker. Mm, this seems like the thing for me. Don't forget the aerobics burlesque show. Yeah, it's there's a lot of mustaches and bow ties. <laughs> I don't know, man. 1983, not a good year for people looking good. Well, that was four. So he ices uh, Timmy Bob Thornton right there on the stage in front of everybody who is falls apart and does some really gross-looking popcorn chicken kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty hardcore. It was pretty, it was pretty rad. It looked kind of gelatinous and sticky. And then, as he's leaving, declares, Long live the new flesh. Death to Videodrome. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. And then off he goes. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. He takes off to his, uh, abandoned... Boat. Boat? <laughs> Where you can't find a single drink or cigarette. <laughs> nope, not a one. What nope. the fuck? Kind of abandoned boat. You ever got on an abandoned boat and I had a drink and a smoke waiting? I have. I have constantly. I've had <laughs> way more luck with not finding those things in an abandoned boat than I have with finding them. Of all the ruck. And that's when he meets up with Sean Penn. He's died eight times by now. Who is now just letting him know that, hey, you know what? You're almost there. You've gone about as far as you can go with this in your present state. All that's really left to do now is to submit yourself to the new flesh. And, uh... Death Videodrome? Death Videodrome. Long, long live the new flesh? So she shows him how it's done by, you know, shooting yourself. <laughs> and he agrees that this seems like the most reasonable hmm. way to end this scenario. So he kills himself. Long live the new flesh. Shift the Videodrome. Uh, duh, and... Thank God. Kind of. God, the movie's fucking weird. And that is, as <laughs> much as I can articulate, Videodrome. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. What are your thoughts on Videodrome? I fucking love it. That movie couldn't have been any better than it was. That's very concise. It's one of the best uh, avant-garde 80s horror films. A little, uh, little artsy. Yeah, what's well, David Cronenberg so. Right. But it's, uh, I watched it for the first time, what, about a year ago when you told me about it? And oh, OMG, it's, Videodrome is one of my favorites. I give it a, uh, 14. Oh my. Yeah, I'd say it's a fine film. It's... What do you think, Chris? It's not really, I wouldn't even say it's, it's necessarily... A horror movie, it's just that the way that it all comes together keeps you so incredibly off-balance the entire time. You're never quite sure what to make of anything that's happening. I've seen it repeatedly, and I'm still not 100% sure when, when what's going on is actually occurring and when it's just another series of mindfuckeries being perpetrated by the Videodrome. Death the Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. I would definitely recommend it, especially mm -hmm. if you're a fan of, of the more... The other two movies we've done. Or if you're into like a David Lynch kind of a flick. Yeah. Something that's not exactly as cut it, and yeah, dry. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's no like monsters or killers or whatnot. I mean, the Videodrome people, I don't think they have the best of intentions for James Woods, but it's not a... Uh, you got elements of horror, but you cer I certainly wouldn't call it a horror movie. It's just fucking weird. But I, I would give it a... I would give it Long Live the New Flesh. Death the Videodrome. Out of Death the Videodrome. Long Live the New Flesh. I think it's definitely worth watching. You should you should see it just to say you've seen it. Yeah. Just to up your street cred out there. Some kid be like, man, you ever watch Videodrome? And that kid's like, no, you slap! Yep. 
Slap him right in his goofy haircut having head. Death to Videodrome. Take his fedora. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new Flash. Jesus Christ. It's killing me. It's a good time. It is a good time. I even have heard rumors that they're talking about making a a, a, a remake of this. Really? Yeah, I'd, and that would be terrible. I would, I don't know, it depends on who smells a three-parter. If they ever do it. Oh, if they do, it'll be so great. I'll have some jerk ass do it. If they do, if they do it good, it'll be good. I know that probably sounds dumb because it does, but so if it's not bad, it'll be good, huh? You heard <laughs> it. You heard it here first. Upgrade last name. Last name withheld. But yeah, three thumbs up. I like it. Approval. So let's talk about the next movie we're going to do. Yeah, due to our. Overwhelming viewer response. Yeah. With the email that we got from Kaylee, last name withheld. We've been a friend of mine for a number of years. Wonderful, wonderful human being. And she has suggested the movie Teeth, which I was unfamiliar with, so. Oh, boy. Chris says to me, he says, we got this email from this person. They want to watch Teeth. And I says to Chris, I says, well, what's Teeth? And Chris tells me that this movie is about a vagina with teeth. Yep. That's all you need to know. So I immediately look into it, and I see it came out in what I think 2007, Sundance Award winner. Watched the trailer. The trailer didn't look is. The trailer makes me a lot more excited to watch it. It the the concept of it is awesome. So I'm assuming there's a lot of the vagina with the teeth involved. Yeah, it sounds like a but, seventh grader made it up. <laughs> but the trailer is super great looking. Yeah, yeah, the trailer definitely definitely sealed it. So. We're excited. First viewer request, that's that's pretty cool. I was excited. I was excited for her. I mean we'll uh we'll start a list if we gotta. You guys keep you know, keep saying what you wanna see. We have movies planned and whatnot, but And if you would like to make a request, a demand, you can email us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail dot com. You can also look us up on Facebook at Slaughterhouse Princess. You can do the Twitter thing, but I'll Chris be honest. Chris manages it poorly. I don't, I don't. He has sucked on this social network. I, uh, yeah. Upsets me. I don't, I don't know nothing about no Twitters, man. Yeah, you do. You got one. I got a lot of things I don't understand. Like shampoo and handguns. <laughs> I'm always getting them mixed up. That's, em- that's embarrassing <laughs> and dangerous. <laughs> doesn't clean anything. Yep, yep. Last time my house got broken, too, I spent 20 <laughs> minutes throwing purr at a guy. It was ineffective. And then he shot himself in the head. He pulled through, though. And talks good, but pulled through. And don't forget, you can always check us out on the iTunes. Oh, yeah, we're on the iTunes. I don't think we uh, we plug iTunes often. No, but we are available. I know how you kids like your, your iTunes and your, your whatnots and your so forths. With their hula hoops and their Dane Fogelberg records? Yeah. All you kids today and your touchscreen iOS devices. Don't spit it all on penny whistles and moon pies. So, yeah, join us next week when we uh, do Teeth, a movie (laughs) involving a few of my favorite things. Vaginas and teeth? Vaginas and teeth. And movie trailers. Not necessarily in that order, but definitely at the same time. I like movie trailers with vagina teeth. Good night, America.